0: On that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. This is the gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord, Jesus Lord, may the words that come from my mouth make sense because they are inspired by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please be seated? It might seem a little counterintuitive that in a year when our thematic focus is on finding hope, that we might devote three weeks looking at arguably one of the most morbid books of the Bible. I um, mentioned that we were doing a series on lamentations to a few of my minister friends last weekend, and their response was, why? (laughs) Well, hope is important for all people all of the time. When you think about it, rationally, isn't it logical that you are in greater need of hope or you need a greater awareness of hope when things are not going well? Lamentations puts us right in the middle of a world that is not going well for the people of Israel. We've already had three amazing sermons on this book. If you've I know if you're 9.30 Christian, you've at least missed one of them. Uh, so Elroy preached last week, but uh, Tom preached at the 7.30 service. So I'd encourage you, if you've missed one or all of them, to catch up and podcast them online. One of the things that we are told that we need to do when we are ordained um, to the priesthood is to correct. And I do believe that there has been a theological error which permeated throughout the Jewish worldview, that's also transferred to the Christian worldview. And I think it's important for us to correct this error every time we have the chance to do that. And that is a view that if something bad is happening, then you somehow deserve it. Conversely, this view can be expressed... That when you have something good happen to you, that automatically it is some sort of cosmic reward for your good behaviour. Jesus offers a number of correctives for this misunderstanding of God's love and God's intervention in our world throughout the Gospels. Yet somehow we continue to be lured into this way of thinking. I mean, who out of all of us has not uttered the words at some point in our lives when something has gone wrong? God, what did I do to deserve this? Or who has not expressed when something unexpected happens in a good way, thank you, Jesus, even if it is, as Elroy said last week, finding a car park. Jesus said to the crowd who were gathered for the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel that rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Rain can be seasonal, but it can be unseasonal. Rain can be life-bringing, but rain can also be life-destroying. And sometimes the same rain can give life to some and destroy life for others, depending on their circumstances. Because we have at least a subconscious leading that if we are happy and if things are going well, God is on our side. I think Christians can form a mistaken view that we have to be happy all the time, putting on a happy exterior so that people might think that even if we're not happy, that we are happy so God really is on our side. But at the same time, I think one of the more accurate criticisms of the church today is that we don't show enough joy. We're quick to judge we're quick to criticize and many non-christians view us as grumpy party poopers most of the time and so i think we can get stuck in a type of holding pattern of thinking that we need to be happy or at least show that we're happy even if we're not happy at all and as a result what is often perceived by those around us is not authentic. Anything that is not authentic in today's world is doomed to failure and decline. I heard straight from the status statistician's mouth last week that the Anglican Church in Southeast Queensland, on the whole, has declined by four point seven percent last year, which may suggest that our denomination. May have some authenticity issues it needs to sort out. But I don't know anything that is more authentic than lament. Yes, there is a time and there is a place to have your spirits lifted by words of joy, by words of comfort, by words of peace. But there is a time and a place to shout out in pain. There is a reason why people who have broken hearts are drawn to sad songs. While they are not their own words, in those words of the songs, they can find a voice for their pain. David and the other psalmists And the author of Lamentations and the prophets who cry out to God in voices of lament use a common method throughout Scripture to voice this lament. They use song and they use poem. They're the sad songs of the Bible. And these are the places where we can find refuge where we can turn when our hearts are broken, when we are in pain, when we're suffering, or when we feel confused. Lament throughout Scripture serves three main purposes. They form a protest at the horrible things that are going on in the world around them. They're a way of venting anger and processing the emotion that's involved. And they are a method of expressing confusion, the type of confusion that's often experienced in the midst of pain. In the midst of the brutality that African Americans experienced at the hands of the slave trade, they turned to the laments of Scripture to give voice to their pain and voiced to their oppression. And now we commonly call this type of music spirituals. From this moving tradition of singing was birthed another type of music that also had strong biblical inspiration but with a real sense of lament. The blues. From the blues was birthed rock and roll. So when the band Kiss sang, God gave rock and roll to you, gave God rock and roll to you, put it in the soul of everyone, they didn't really know how right they were. Country music, on the other hand... I believe, is from Dark Forces. (laughs) Sorry, I owed you that one. (laughs) The Psalms uh, can be loosely grouped into three categories. Psalms of orientation, Psalms of disorientation, and Psalms of journey and reconnection reorientation. In much of the music of the church, particularly modern church music, which draws on the Psalms for inspiration, we have a vast majority of songs of orientation. We sing, how great thou art, thine be the glory, Great! how great is your love, and oh praise the name. Of the Lord our God. And these are songs that we do need to sing out at times when we are searching for hope. They can take us from our lowness and lift us up and raise our spirits. But I also think we need a playlist that sings out our times of disorientation and our times of journey and reorientation. For these songs, our songwriters need to get busy, or perhaps we might need to start singing some spirituals again. It is okay to cry out to God. It is okay even to blame or accuse God. God is God. God can take it. But just because we cry out in anguish to God, just because we blame or accuse God, doesn't mean that God has forgotten us. It also doesn't mean that God is guilty of our accusations it also doesn't mean that God will immediately intervene and make things work out just the way we want them to. It has been my experience, and it also seems to be the experience of the psalmists and the writer of Lamentations, that singing out in lament does something to reorder, reorientate and refocus us. To help see things from different perspectives. To see other people, not just ourselves. Similar situations or even more severe situations than our own. To lament isn't to throw ourselves some sort of pity party. To to lament is to come to God in a particular way. And the way that God responds is what St. Paul names as the renewing Of our minds. Paul also warns that we should not be conformed to this world. And if we were to be conformed to this world in 2019, we would respond to injustice and pain and suffering with outrage. And we would stay in a state of outrage. And I think there are many people living around us and where I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm guilty of being this from time to time, of jumping from one state of outrage to the next, looking for the next thing to be outraged about. But there's no hope in a constant state of outrage. Lidded through the Psalms of Lament, And in the middle and at the end of Lamentations is a reminder about who God really is. What God can do and what God has done. And in some cases, that lament turns almost immediately to praise. Psalm 40, which we said together uh, earlier in the service, Is a really interesting psalm because it's both a song of praise and a new song of praise to God for who God is and who God will be, but it's also a song of lament about what is being endured by the psalmist and how long it's taking for God's deliverance to be revealed. As much as African American spirituals are known for their songs of lament, for their songs of woe, they are probably better known for their voices of joy, for praises that rise amidst the suffering. It's the promise of freedom, but it's a freedom that the singer is yet to experience. Lament does not, nor should it always, immediately lead to praise. In many cases, the renewing of our minds can take some significant time. Which is one reason why the lament in Scripture is modelled as public and in community. That doesn't mean that we're precluded from the intimacy that you can experience with private lament, by shutting the door and weeping and wailing. But when lament is shared, when it is made public, the voices of others are joined to ours. God's presence and God's love, God at work is more visible. In the gospel today, Jesus sends out his disciples, but he doesn't send them alone. He sends them in relationship, in pairs. He doesn't promise that everything will be okay and work out. In fact, he warns them that it won't. But in their going together, they are much better able to encounter the hardship and the challenge that they'll experience. Lament is a reminder that we are not alone. Not only is God with us, and we're reminded of that with the renewing of our minds, lament also reminds us that we do not sing alone. And we are with each other in a beautiful chorus of both our individual and our collective pain. While we might struggle in the moment to see God, around us are people who look at us and see God powerfully at work. And as we surround ourselves with God's people, we see God powerfully reflected through their lives. As we look forward as a church together, We can have every right to look forward with a sense of eagerness and a sense of joy. We're one of the ones that aren't declining. But revealing more of God is acknowledging that who we are is a group of people who are experiencing challenges, hardships, pain, and suffering. That is our authenticity. And to hide that will immediately slip us into decline. But as we share this authenticity together, God will be God, continue to be God, and faithful and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love. God will be our salvation through Jesus Christ. And love will always be with us. And so we need to sing even more. Sing honestly and sing loud. Sing through the heartbreak and in the midst of pain. Sing even if your voice is shaking. Sing through your brokenness. Sing of who you know God to be. Sing of what you've seen God be for others. Sing what you long for and sing of the hope to come. Sing, sing like you've never sung and sing of the joy to come.